Welcome to episode 32 of Everybody ESL, the podcast for everybody who wants to improve their English, practice their English, or just learn more English. My name is Ben, and today I have a full-length episode for you. And before we get to it, I want to say hello to Toronto, Canada, because Toronto is now my biggest city. More listeners of the podcast live in Toronto than in any other city. Congratulations, Toronto. The Everybody ESL podcast can be found in the Apple iTunes Store and on the Stitcher app. If you like the podcast, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. And like I say every episode, I want to remind you that if you have any questions about anything we talk about in these episodes or any English topic that has been bothering you or confusing you, please send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. Okay, let's get on with this full-length episode. The theme for this episode's vocabulary list is parties. So I have a bunch of good party words for you. And the first one is invite. I-N-V-I-T-E. Invite. I want you to notice how I stressed that word. Invite. It's stressed on the first syllable. When you stress the word on the second syllable, invite, it's a verb. But I'm talking about the noun, invite, where the stress is on the first syllable. Invite is a shortened form of the noun invitation. So you can give somebody an invite to your party, the same way you can give them an invitation to your party. It's just a shorter way of saying invitation. The next word on the list isn't really a word, and it isn't really English. Maybe you'll see what I mean. The word is RSVP. It's really just a string of initials. And it stands for a French phrase, meaning please respond. So if somebody invites you to a party, and at the bottom of the invitation it says RSVP, that means please let me know if you can come to the party. The next word on our list is host, H-O-S-T. The host of a party is the person who is having the party, the person who is arranging it and organizing it. The person who invites people to the party is the host. And sometimes you will see a slightly different word, hostess, H-O-S-T-E-S-S, if the host is a woman. I think it's always okay to use the word host, no matter whether the person organizing the party is a man or a woman. I think host is okay in all of those situations. The next word on our party list is refreshments, R-E-F-R-E-S-H-M-E-N-T-S. Refreshments means food and drinks. 
the kind of thing that you would serve at a party. The next word is chit-chat. C-H-I-T-C-H-A-T. Chit-chat. That's kind of a fun word to say. Chit-chat. Chit-chat means small talk. Casual, informal conversation. Often not really about anything much in particular. Just friendly, casual conversation. So if you are at a party and you are sitting next to somebody you don't really know very well or standing next to somebody you don't know very well, you can engage in chit-chat. Just light, simple, friendly conversation. Doesn't have to be anything serious. The next word on the list is no-show. N-O hyphen S-H-O-W. A no-show is somebody who said they were going to come to the party, but then they never came. They never showed up at the party. They are a no-show. They didn't come. They said they would, but then they didn't. And that brings us to the next word, which is crash. C-R-A-S-H. Now, you might have heard the word crash to mean to run into something. Maybe one car crashes into another. But crash also has a party kind of definition. To crash a party means to come to the party when you're not invited. To show up at the party without an invitation. I think maybe a party crasher is the opposite of a no-show. And the last thing on our vocabulary list is a whole phrase, and it is the life of the party. The life of the party. Someone who is described as the life of the party is somebody who is always fun, always entertaining, always drawing attention. People like to be around somebody like that. If you know somebody like that, even if you're not at a party, you can describe that person as the life of the party. Anywhere they go, they attract attention, and they're entertaining, and they make people feel good. Well, those are the party-related words for this week. And because this is the holiday season, at least here in the United States, maybe you will be invited to a party soon, and you will have a chance to use or hear some of these words. The topic of today's grammar lesson is a complicated one. It's so complicated, I'm going to break this topic down into four separate parts. On this episode, I will present part one, and then in future episodes, I will present parts two, three, and four. This is a complicated one. It has to do with one of the most complicated words in all of English. I have heard so many people ask questions about the correct way or ways to use this word. Can you guess what the word is? The word is would, W-O-U-L-D. I think maybe we've talked about it a little bit in previous episodes, but I want to get into it in a little bit more detail in this episode. So this will be part one of the word would, one of the most complicated words in English. The first use of would that we're going to talk about is what we can call the hypothetical or conditional use. Do you know that word hypothetical? It's kind of a technical sounding word. Hypothetical is spelled H-Y-P-O 
T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. And conditional is C-O-N-D-I-T-I-O-N-A-L. Hypothetical means imaginary or possible but not necessarily true. And a conditional statement is a statement with if in it. So for this use of would, we're going to be looking about hypothetical statements, statements that are about imaginary things or possible things, and conditional statements, statements with if in them. Here are a few examples. If it snowed tomorrow, I would stay inside all day. If it snowed tomorrow, there's the conditional, if. If it snowed tomorrow, I would stay inside all day. So, if this thing happened, I would do that. It's a common use of the word would. It shows up in that kind of sentence. If this, then this would happen. Here's another example just like that one. If she practiced a lot, her piano playing would improve. So that's the same idea. If this thing happened, or if this thing happens, this other thing would happen. Now here's one that has more of a hypothetical feeling to it. It's talking about something that isn't true, but could be true, or might be true. It's easy for us to imagine that it is true. My brother wishes I would let him eat the last piece of cake. I'm not going to let him eat the last piece of cake, but it's possible. And my brother wishes that I would do that. So there we see two similar uses of the word would. We see it in the conditionals, that is, sentences with if, and we see it in hypotheticals, which are about imaginary or possible but not necessarily true situations. Well, remember, this is only part one. In future episodes, we'll get to other uses of the word would. I think it's pretty complicated. I think it's good to take it one step at a time. Today's small talk topic or social situation is buying tickets at the movie theater. The most common thing to say is simply the number of tickets you want and what movie you're going to watch. So you could go up to the person at the ticket booth and say, hello, one for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. That movie doesn't exist yet, but maybe it will one day. And if it does and you want to see it by yourself, you can say, hello, one please for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3, or just one for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3, or just one for Guardians of the Galaxy, please, or yes, I'd like one for Guardians of the Galaxy. Many theaters sell tickets at different prices for different people. They sell full-price tickets for adults, and sometimes they sell cheaper or discounted tickets for students, or children, or seniors. Those are older people. So if you are in a group and you have people from different categories, you would ask for something like this. Hello, two adults and one child for Guardians of the Galaxy. Or, uh, two adults and two seniors, please, for Guardians 
of the Galaxy, or one adult and three children for Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's really very simple. You just say the number of each kind of ticket you want and the movie you want to see. And don't forget to say please and thank you, but I'm sure you already knew about that. And now, at last, finally, it's time for the joke of the week. Nobody's favorite part of the podcast, but I'm going to keep doing it every time. Because I think, even if they're not very funny, these jokes can give us something interesting to notice or learn about English. This week's joke is, Why are leopards so bad at playing hide-and-seek? Why are leopards so bad at playing hide-and-seek. Do you know what leopards are? A leopard, L-E-O-P-A-R-D, is a big wild cat in Africa and parts of Asia. And leopards are famous for having spots all over them. And do you know what hide-and-seek is? Hide-and-seek is a game where everybody hides except for one person who has to try to find all of the hidden people. Okay, so... Why are leopards so bad at playing hide-and-seek? I might have given away the answer when I was describing leopards. The answer is because they're always spotted. Why is that funny? Why is it a joke? Well, it's because spotted has two very different meanings. The first meaning is covered with spots. A leopard's fur is covered with spots, so a leopard is spotted. Now, to spot something means to see it or notice it. So if a leopard is always spotted, that means it is always seen. Somebody always notices it. And you can't hide if somebody always notices you. So why are leopards so bad at playing hide-and-seek? Because they're always spotted. Well, not very funny, but that is a classic joke. You can try that on your friends today. For this episode's listening segment, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Instead of reading you a story and then asking you a bunch of questions so you can test how much of the story you understood, I'm just going to tell you a little story about something that happened in my life. And there won't be any questions at the end, no test. Just see how much you can understand. I think maybe the listening quiz portion of the podcast is a little bit too difficult. I've been hearing from people telling me that maybe it's not quite working. So I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do it. Well, here's the true life, real story that happened to me this past week. I went to the gym, like I do every day, and I worked out. And when I was done, I was all tired and ready to go home and rest. Well, I went home, and I wanted to watch something on television. And I looked around to find my glasses. Whenever I watch television or drive, I need to wear glasses. I looked around all of the places where I usually put my glasses. I couldn't find them anywhere. And I thought, well, maybe I left them in the car? 
When I go to the gym and park my car, I usually take my glasses off and leave them in the car. I don't bring my glasses into the gym. So I thought, well, maybe I left them in the car somehow? Maybe I forgot to put my glasses on when I came home and I left them in the car. So I went outside to check, but I couldn't find my car. I looked up and down the street. My car wasn't there. Where was my car? And then I remembered. I had driven to the gym. I drove to the gym, I parked my car, and then I walked home. I wasn't even thinking about my car when I left the gym. I walked home. So I had to put my shoes back on, put my coat back on, and walk all the way back to the gym to get to my car. But at least my glasses were in there, and I was able to watch something on television. And that's the end of episode 32 of Everybody ESL. If you have any questions for me about English, or if you have a funny story to share about your life, send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. I'll be back soon with another episode. And until then, keep going, keep practicing, and keep learning. Goodbye. I'll see you soon.